Uh, love is a, a difficult concept or idea or word to define, is it not? We talk about it all the time. There are things that we say on a daily basis we love, but I think if we were forced to actually uh, define that word, that idea, that concept, we might struggle a little bit. Uh, whenever I struggle defining a word or a concept or an idea, I go uh, to people in the know. And uh, who doesn't know better about love than kids? And so I did some research uh, this past week, and I found some helpful ideas that help us understand or explain love. Uh, take these words from Glenn. Glenn is age seven. He says, if falling in love is anything like learning how to spell, I don't want to do it. It takes too long. Glenn is a man after my own heart. John, age nine, said, love is like an avalanche where you have to run for your life. Oh, John, you don't even know. Greg, age eight, says, love is the most important thing in the world. Amen. But baseball's pretty good, too. You know, it keeps things in perspective. Uh, Dave, age eight, says, love will find you even if you're trying to hide from it. I've been trying to hide for it since I was five, but the girls keep finding me. Dave is a stud, man. I never said that when I was eight. Uh, love is a difficult word to define. It's a difficult concept for us uh, to understand. That's why I think sometimes in life it's better that uh, an idea or a word or a concept is just illustrated. Right? Because sometimes when we see it, we can go, I don't know if I could put words to it or define it. But, but when we experience it, we say to ourselves, that's love. And so this morning, I want us to think together about the love of God and our response to it. And I want us to think together about the love of God and our response to it. And I want to do this by looking at a passage from 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. 1 John chapter 4. Uh, we're actually going to look at verses 7 through 11, or, or 12. I just lied. I don't know why I said 7 through 10. Oh, boy. Heaven help us. All right, 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 7, says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not uh, love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. I want to point out five um, truths uh, that uh, we see about the love of God in 1 John chapter 4, specifically uh, in verses 9 and 10. Five observations about the love of God. Right, the first thing that we notice here is that God's love is seen. God's love is seen. God's love is on display. He says in verse 9, In this the love of God was made manifest among us. Right, when I was in high school, uh, public displays of affection were frowned upon. I'm sure if you've 
if you're currently in high school or you've been in high school before, perhaps this has been your experience. When we started school, we got a, a, a big, thick a list of rules and regulations that we had to abide by throughout the course of the year. And one of the things that we read about was public displays of affection. Apparently, uh, we were to go to class and study and learn, not fall in love. Right? So they said, you need to keep your distance uh, from your sweetheart. Right? You, may, you may love that person. You may be convinced in your mind that you're going to spend the rest of your life with that person. But you just need to keep your distance from that person uh, while you're at school. And so if you didn't follow the rules, I can still hear the teachers in the hallways go, come on, guys, come on. Break it up. Let's go to class. Let's keep it moving. Keep it moving. They frowned upon public displays of affection. Uh, do you know, apparently, uh, that God is actually for them? He's for them. God is for public displays of affection, not the kind that you're probably thinking about. Uh, but it says here that in this, the love of God was made manifest among us. Manifest means to put on display or to make visible. Right? God put on display his love for us. He made it visible uh, for a watching world. Think Clark Griswold and Christmas lights. Right? I mean, everyone uh, could see uh, the love of God. God's love is seen. It is made manifest. It was on display uh, for the world to see. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, how was God's love put on display? Like, how do we see it in Scripture? Well, it says, uh, in this, question is, is in what the love of God was made manifest? Well, John says, in that God sent his only Son into the world. When you you want to be reminded of the love of God demonstrated and put on display for the watching world, then look to Jesus. Jesus was the love of God put on display uh, for the world. It says that God sent his only son. That's the other thing that we see about the love of God is not only is it seen, but it is sent. God sent his love. He initiated his love. His love moved into uh, the world. This blows me away when I think about it because this is typically uh, not how love works for you and for me. Uh, typically, more often than not, than not, our love is is earned love. Our love is if I pursue you well enough and love you well enough, then that love will be reciprocated. Then then you will uh, love me back, right? But Scripture teaches us that our, our relationship with God had been fractured. It had been a broken. Something came in between us having a relationship with God. And Scripture teaches us that the thing that came between us and God was sin, was our, our brokenness. Sin is anything that we do against God in word, in thought, and in deed. And so we had a, a strange relationship with God. Scripture teaches us that at one point we were enemies of God. Right? If you are enemies with someone, then more often than not, you, you would not think that that person would love you. Uh, certainly, you wouldn't think that that person would pursue you. But, but God sent his love. Think about it. If you've had kids uh, before, if you've ever disciplined them, then uh, I heard this when I was growing up a time or two when uh, my parents were mad at me. They would say, James, we want you to go to your room and think about what you have done, which Incidentally, I loved. 
I'm like, I only got in trouble in such a severe way that I had to think about it. I'm like, this isn't terrible. So my parents would say, we want you to go to your room and we want you to think about what you have done. And then they would say this, and when you are ready, when you're ready, when you've thought about it enough, you can come talk to us. You, you, you come to us. You, you've wronged us. You've sinned against us. You've tarnished this relationship. And when you are ready to take the steps to fix it, you know where to find me. You know that God does not work like that. He doesn't work like that. Even though we are the ones who, who broke our relationship with God, God sent he pursued us. He chased after us. He sent his only son. Not only did God send his son, but he sent his only son. That word there in, in the Greek has this idea of, of one and gene. It comes from two words, one and gene. And the idea there is that God's son was something unique or one of a kind. There was no other. So not only did God pursue us, but he pursued us with his very best. God's love was on display for us in sending his only son for you and me. So God's love, we see in 1 John chapter 4, is seen, it's demonstrated, it's manifest, it's put on display for the world to see. Secondly, God's love is sent. God pursued us. He chased after us. He's chasing after you right now. Uh, the next thing that we notice about the love of God is that God's love is uh, life-giving. God's love is life-giving. Look at verse 9. It says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, that we might live uh, through him. So that we might live uh, through Jesus. If you've ever watched a youth sporting event, uh, you probably have noticed parents uh, living through their children. Have you ever watched mom or dad highly invested on the sideline as they watch their little boy or their little girl kick a ball or throw a ball or run with a ball? I mean, they, they are emotionally invested in their success or in their failure. Occasionally, if you're uh, looking online, you'll find a video of parents uh, who get in fights, like actual fist fights, at youth sporting events. I saw two ladies fighting a while back at a, a five-year-old flag football game. I mean, they were throwing down. It was intense. And I just thought to myself, these, these children are only mostly potty trained. Right? They're going to go home and watch Spongebob Squarepants or Paw Patrol. Right? And, and you're thinking, you know what? If I have to do time, I'll do time. <laughs> I'll do it. I'm going to fight for my little man. Like, no. No, don't, 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 don't live through your kids. But here, John says, live through Christ. He sent Jesus so that we might live through him. What does that even mean? What does it mean uh, to live through him? Well, if you've walked with us through uh, the book of John, it, it means uh, that we are born of God and we know God. Uh, to live through him means that we experience his love and we share his love with others. 
It means that we enjoy fellowship with the triune God who made us, God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. It means that we as a people walk in the light, that we enjoy fellowship with one another, that we experience the forgiveness of God and we extend the forgiveness of God uh, to others. We know the truth. We have confidence in his coming. We have victory over sin and so much more. This is what it means to live uh, through Christ. This is the life that we long for, is it not? Don't you, don't you long for life? Long for life. We chase after it. We pursue it hard and fast each and every day. So when Jesus says things like he did in John chapter 10, 10, I get excited. He said, the thief comes to steal and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life to the fullest. I, I want life to the fullest. Don't you? I mean, you, you don't want to coast by, do you? I mean, you don't want to get to the, to the end of your life and think to yourself, oh, I'm glad that's over. We made it. <laughs> no, you want life. And Jesus apparently offers it. This is true if you are 14 years old or if you are 40. It's true uh, if you're 17 or if you are 70. You, you long for this life that Jesus uh, speaks about. And, and thankfully, because of the love of God, uh, we, you and me, can experience it. The love of uh, God is life-giving. The fourth thing that we notice about the love of God is not only is it seen, not only is the love of God sent, not only is it life-giving, but this love is also a from God. In other words, he is the source, right? God is the source. It says in verse 10, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. And 1 John 4, 19, if you read down just a little bit, it says, we love because he first loved us. We love God because he loved us. He is the initiator and the giver of love. He is the source of love. This is not uh, deserved love. It's not earned love. This is God's gift love uh, to you and uh, to me. And so if you are wondering why is it that we as the people of God love one another, it's because God has given love to us. He's poured his love uh, into us as a people. Uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given uh, to us. We love because God loved us. Human love. Human love is fickle. Right? Human love oftentimes is connected to feelings. It's connected to someone's performance, what they have said or what they have done, if they've met our expectations, if they have disappointed us or not disappointed us. Then maybe we will love back. But God's love is not like that. God has poured his love uh, into our hearts so that we love others. Oftentimes we say things like love is a two-way street. Right? In other words, like if, if you meet me halfway... But if you send it, I'll receive it and I'll send it back. We can meet halfway, but, but God's love does not work like that. And the love that God has poured into our hearts does not work like that either. God is the source of our love. I thought, as, as I thought about God being the source of our love, I, I thought of a, of a garden hose. And uh, this might not work, but hang with me for a minute. Um, Okay, okay, okay. 
Melissa, can you remind me to tell the neighbors I borrowed their hose? I need, uh, I need, I, I need help. Hi, Jacob. Hi. Come on. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Here, you come up so I know you're really tall, but come up so everyone can see you. You can jump up here. Well, yeah, that last guy did that and got stitches. Okay. Uh, hold on to this. Okay. All right. Uh, Jorge, come, come up. You're, you're great in front of people. All right, you hold this. Right, and just point it at them. Okay, step, don't be shy. Don't be shy. Okay. All right, so I don't know if this is going to work or not. Um, the, I want you to, to imagine for a moment that, uh, that you and I are, we're the garden hose. I've never thought about this before, uh, but just work with me here. We, we are the, the garden hose and uh, water is, uh, is the, the, the love of, of God. And so I want you to, uh, to share uh, the, the love uh, with these wonderful people. That's uh, terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, did you hear what he said? He said you have to connect it. Right, so I started thinking about this, and I thought, like, if, if we just do this, if we just do this, if, if we just try to love one another uh, with, without being connected uh, to, the, to the source of love, right, that over there doesn't work. It doesn't work. Human love breaks down. It just breaks down. It's, it's performance-based. It's meet me halfway. But God's love for us just blows our minds. Right? In some ways, it makes absolutely no sense. And so Scripture teaches us that, uh, that Jesus is the, the source. God is the source of love. And his love flows through us. Right? And it reaches out and extends uh, to others. Right, so God is the source of love. You did a great job. You, I'm so proud of you. I'm so, how did you like it up here? Okay, great. I don't know. I don't know. George, you did a great job. I didn't really have high expectations of you, I'm going to be honest. But you did a, a really a great job. This is obnoxious. Okay, we're going to leave that there. Um, God is the, the source of love. We, we love one another as a people, as a community, as a body of Christ, because God has loved us. Right? We don't manufacture it. We don't try to stir up something that isn't there. Like God has poured his love into you, into you, into you, and into me. And with that love, we are called to love one another. God's love is seen. God's love is sent. God's love is life-giving. God's love is from God. Our love is from God. And the last thing that we see is that God's love is costly. 
God's love is costly. It says in verse 10, And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. God's love was seen in the costly gift of his Son, and his Son was sent to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation is a... It's a big word. It's a theological word. I loved, I read somewhere that someone called it a, um, uh, what was it, a stained glass word, a stained glass word, a, a church word. But what a propitiation means is that a propitiation is a sacrifice that bears God's wrath and in doing so changes God's wrath toward us into favor. Let me say it again. Propitiation is a sacrifice that bears God's wrath, and in doing so, God's uh, and, and in doing so changes God's wrath toward us into favor. It has um, the idea of of satisfaction, like like God sees us differently or views us differently. He he does no long he no longer looks upon uh, his sons and daughters. Uh, with, with wrath, but he looks upon us uh, with favor because of the sacrifice of Jesus. This, this is uh, good news. Right? This is good news that our relationship with God has been uh, restored, that we can be rightly related uh, to the God who made us, to the God who dreamed us up uh, because of the work of his son. God's love is seen. It is sent. It is life-giving. It is from him. He is the source, and it is costly, right? And so my question to you this morning, Christ Point, is have you experienced uh, the love of God in Christ by faith, right? Is this love that scripture speaks about, is it familiar to you? Have you come uh, to know this love? In other words, have you come to know the one who loves you in this way? I said to our worship team uh, this morning that I heard a message many years ago from a pastor uh, who said to his congregation, um, I know everyone hears deepest, darkest secret. And I I know your deepest, darkest secret. And he said, I'm going to tell you what it is. You just imagine you hear that and you go, oh, (laughs) how does he know? He said, your deepest, darkest uh, secret and your deepest, darkest fear is, is that if people really knew you, then they wouldn't love you. Like if they really knew you, not the Sunday morning you, not the dialed up and cleaned up you, not, not the best version of yourself that oftentimes you share with others. But if people knew the real you, right, the things that you think about late at night or early in the morning, the things that you've, you've done or said or thought that you have not told a soul, uh, all of the secrets that we go out of our way uh, to keep. Like if people really knew me for who I am, uh, then they wouldn't love me. Right? I, would, I would be found out. I would be exposed. And he said the beauty of, of the gospel is that in Christ you are fully known. You're fully known. And you are fully loved. That, that's compelling love. And that is beautiful love. Do you know that kind of love? Scripture teaches us that we, were, that we were born into sin. We were estranged from God. 
Uh, we, were, we were sinners, and our sin has separated us from God. And because God is holy and just, he can't ignore our sin or turn a blind eye to it. He can't simply sweep it under the rug and go, ah, that's no big deal. Instead, he must uh, deal with it. Uh, but God is also gracious. Man, is he gracious. He is full of grace. And so he sent his son Jesus to come to this earth to live a perfect life, uh, to die and to be buried. But Jesus uh, did not remain in the grave. He defeated death and he rose to life. And he offers you and me uh, that life today. So I ask you again, have you experienced the love of God in Christ by faith? Have you placed your faith and your trust in the finished work of Jesus? If you have not, my prayer for you is that you might do that today, that you would find me, that you would find one of the elders, Billy, uh, and that we would have the great joy of praying with you and coming alongside of you. Or if you hear that and you have questions and you go, ah, I don't understand what all that means and it seems very churchy uh, to you, I would be honored if you would come and go, hey, help me understand that. And what a joy that would be. If you're here this morning and you have experienced uh, the love of God, then the litmus test that you and I have, according to John, that we are children of God is that we love one another. Uh, this passage here in 1 John verses 9 through 10 are sandwiched in between these, these commands. It's really the same command. We read it in verse 7 and then again in verse 11. Verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever has been born of God and, know, and knows God, anyone who does not not love does not know God because God is love. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So, so two times we read it here. We read it other times in 1 John and all throughout uh, the New Testament. We read it in the Old Testament. There's this call for us uh, to love uh, one another. Love one another. So Christ's point, I, I long for us uh, to be a church community, a family uh, that loves one another well. How, how do we do that? How do we love one another well? I, I think it can be uh, big things or small things. When Dan reads a text message that a friend sent to him on Monday, just out of the blue, and you send a friend a note and you say, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for God's peace and for God's strength and for God's wisdom. And what a loving thing to do to say to someone, hey, I just want you to know I thought about you today. Right? I'm, think, I'm thinking about it, and I'm praying for you. Man, how loving is that? I think about the ladies in our church who recently rallied uh, alongside the, uh, an another woman in our church who had uh, surgery, and they've gone over to her house and provided uh, meals. Melissa and I had the opportunity to go just last week, and we walk in, and we look on the, the counter, and uh, the, uh, the lady that we were visiting says, oh, yeah, those, those muffins right there are from, and she said who they were from, and I smiled because I knew it was someone uh, who calls Christ Point home. She said, someone else came and washed my comforter the other day, and, and, uh, and other women have come and vacuumed her, her place and said, hey, we're, we're here to help you. We're here uh, to love you. I, I've seen love demonstrated when folks in our church have come alongside a single mom and said, hey, um, can we watch your kids? Like, why don't you go out and have a meal or a cup of coffee, and just take a breath. It's, it's how we love well. I've seen it when families have come together in the church and gathered resources and, and purchased a van for a young family in need with three kids. And I'm just like, man, th those, those acts are beautiful acts. 
Now, th- those acts demonstrate the love of God that has been poured into uh, your heart and into my heart uh, by God. And so, uh, Christ's point, my, my hope and my prayer uh, for you this morning is that we would be uh, people uh, who have experienced the love of God and in response to it, we love one another well. And so let's pray and ask God to help us. Father God, thank you so much for uh, your great love that was demonstrated uh, to us uh, through your spirit, uh, through the life and the sacrifice of uh, your son. God, thank you uh, so much that it was put on display for the world to see. We see it even today in in many ways. Thank you uh, that it is life-giving to us, is uh, your people. Thank you that it comes from you, Lord. We could not love uh, that way apart from you. Uh, God, I thank you so much for uh, this church family, for this body. I pray that you would stir in our hearts a love and a desire and a passion uh, for you and for your people. Help us, I pray, uh, to love one another well. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us first. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen.